You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Fran Biederman-Gross. And Fran is founder and CEO of Advantages, which is a New York City-based digital marketing and branding agency. And we're going to learn a little bit about both what she does for clients and how she helps clients find kind of the core of their message and communicate that out. We're also going to learn about how she's grown and scaled her business as a service-based business. So Fran, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So why don't we start with uh, a little bit of the backstory. I know you've been working on this business for a little while. We've known each other for a while, and I've been uh, kind of privy to various stages of it. But why don't we uh, give the audience a sense of, I guess, maybe even where you what you were doing before Advantages, how Advantages came to be, and a little bit of the journey that it's been. Absolutely. Boy, it's a mouthful for sure. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing before Advantages, actually. Selling Tupperware, maybe, you know, running sample sales for my late husband's family business, <laughs> uh, all sorts of entrepreneurial yeah. endeavors. But as I really, Advantages has been in my blood since 92. So yeah, definitely has have raised it in my knees, <laughs> put yeah. on lots of band-aids, broken a few bones. Or a few people's noses. I'm not really sure which. <laughs> um, you know, and just really have t- you know taken it really to Inc. 5000 and Inc. Yeah. 500, best places to work was definitely the highlight uh, yeah. of something that we didn't really even expect. So that was really that was really the apple. Yeah, I don't know the prize, I guess. And also just really running the gamut, working with like just such a phenomenal team. But we're really, it's been an evolution, really. Yeah. We started out as a as a mom and prop, a mom and pop corner printer, right? So mm-hmm. we started printing black and white, really what I used to call just crap, crap printing, you know, letterheads, envelopes, mm-hmm. business cards, things of that nature. And we learned along the way because I wasn't, I wasn't a daughter of a printer. My late husband, who's my partner, a founding mm-hmm. partner, wasn't a son of a printer, so we knew nothing about how to make sweaters and do some accounting work. But other than that, one could argue I learned much more, much later in life, you know, uh, what a PL really is. But being a daughter of an accountant, that said, uh-huh. we had, you know, I really focused on marketing in school and, you know, where did printing come into our genes? I don't know. I couldn't stand the smell of ink. I couldn't even work in the, you know, in the facility for a, a while. Yeah. But we, it evolved, right? Because Everybody just kept asking me questions, you know, why do I need this or I want this and or I would ask them questions some people I would really piss off, but for the right people, they didn't come to me for the solution. I really wanted to help them with the solutions, really how we evolve really into an agency, uh, really crossing over and not becoming, you know, the print company that it could because we do far more consulting at this point, helping companies really get noticed and by product is, you know, by which medium and where does it live, whether it's online or, you know, in your mailbox, it mm-hmm. really matter to us. Of course, we like the hybrid. We think that that matters, but yeah. it's really about, you know, what's the one thing that you're going to be focused on in my favorite word, you know what it is, why? <laughs> and it started long, long before, you know, really understanding what, what the heart of a company really was and really understanding that that communications foundation was the crux of it all. Like, why does your company exist? Don't tell me to make money and to go on vacations and build whatever house. It's not about that, right? Your company exists for a complete purpose. And I want to understand what it believes in 
and I want to understand why I existed. And there's always a cool, sexy story mm. that story, but you don't have to flower that story. Mm-hmm. And elevating that story gets you into the tribal mode of, you know, like-minded and you know who your best customers are. They get you, they get you differently. They probably even sent you a Valentine's day note today, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know who they are. Cause they get you in a, in a place in your brain that you can feel that you can't speak. And that yeah. really started to completely shape, you know, the foundational elements that we believe that a brand really needs to understand and articulate. And we've done a lot of work over the last 10 years with core values and Gallup and Strength Finders mm-hmm. you know, and really tracing back and writing the white paper, if you will, on how moral and ethics really evolved from community into, you know, the 50s where we really brought it into organizations, right? Denison introduced it into an organizational behavior. And the mm-hmm. truth is businesses are small communities to which we might, some might argue we spend more time than we do at home, right? Yeah, a lot of people do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, unfortunately, when you love it, yeah. it doesn't matter-ish, yeah. at least in the beginning. But when you can really harness those those values and use them and share them, not only with your team, but your vendors and your customers, you start to really align in a different, in a, with a different mindset. And you really can do anything with them and for them, right? You can sell your products, mm. you can yeah. change them over time, but you, you know who the go-to is to solve that problem. It doesn't matter what the product actually is. Yeah. You know, the evolution has just been really incredible, especially in the last 10 years, kind of really unlearning. You know, I, gosh, you know, I've been called the printing princess for a long time now, but really people <laughs> definitely know me as, you know, the, the strategista who really understands how to implement why you do what you do yeah. and attract and repel the like minded. Fascinating story. I like the idea that you kind of went from this, you know, very kind of, uh, kind of transactional let me do your print job, let me print your letterhead to kind of what is the letterhead? What's on the letterhead? What are you trying to say? Well, you know, you know, backing up those questions to the point of, well, why are you actually in business? Like, what's your purpose of being and stuff? And I think it's, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a fascinating story. And I think it's one that is kind of, it's an interesting one to follow, but it's also from a strategy point of view, an interesting one that I think a lot of service-based businesses are in the problem of. If, if your service is transactional, you will be at the very whim of the market and you know the, the person next door who's willing to do it for a penny less. If you are much more around the consultative, you know, helping you figure out, you know, your existential meaning, you know, that, that is not something that I'm going to, you know, well, you know, there's other person next door that I think they can do it for 10% less. It's, it's not nearly as much of a kind of a price commodity game. What's the conversation look like with a client at this point in terms of, you know, helping them have that conversation or discover those values or answer those questions, answering those questions on purpose and, and why they're in business? What does that look like? It's not, it's not a, I'm assuming it's a fairly involved process, I guess. It, it's simple, it's just not easy, right? <laughs> yeah. So every good, tried, battle-tested process is going to yield consistent results on the other end. And after 10 plus years you know, of honing, you know, I, I'm going to say skill-based questions to emotional intelligence, right? Being able to really help organizations, whether it be teams or leaders or teams of leaders, really go on this journey to understand why are we here? 
And that it gets very personal. And sometimes we get comments like, well, you know, I didn't know I was going to take a psych eval today. But the truth of the matter is you're here for a reason. You can't get excited about coming here, wherever here is, every single day, jumping out of bed with great intention and really maintaining that with, without some great anchors. And every visionary leader that we've really worked with successfully, and of course there's we could talk about successes and not successes, but the really engaged and aligned organizations that we've really been fortunate last, certainly in the last number of years, as you watch our brand come back to us like a boomerang, you know, at this point they're like they pretty much say, This one told me to trust you and yeah. how can you get me noticed? And they do get it on some level. And they, they evoke a lot of trust into, well, what path are we going and what does this look like and how am I going to get to this end result? And why are you able to achieve these, you know, metric, you know, driven case studies or how could you fill these seats or fill this room or create engagement based on this purpose stuff? So making those connections between emotional and commodity is very interesting when you can change the intentional mindset or, and I wouldn't say change, but make them aware. Yeah why they're here and you can really help them refine it and articulate it. The stuff, the work that we do really does not end up in a drawer or on a shelf. And that's the best part about it. You can totally see it come alive. Mm -hmm. And the more engaged the organizations are, the more culturally sound they become. Because really, when you look at, right, I'm going to say really thriving purpose-based organizations today or why-based organizations, they have some whacked out culture right? On some level, or they're not whacked, but they're like, it's like a little bit of a cult. Yeah. There, yeah. Right. So there's things that happen around their water cooler or on in team meetings, or they just do things in a special way because really what they're doing is they're taking the values, right? That the CEO has this, you know, depicted vision and innate strengths. Mm -hmm. So you can tie them right back. And he, he or she, this leader will create these empowering values that will are really meant to empower and inspire others. And that's really when you see it come to life, right? When they bring it to life in their culture. And that's, it's so rewarding because you can see it so quickly on the marketing side of it, which is usually the place where, you know, we're brought in to start is how can we align an experience? How can we speak about it in an elevator or a perfect intro, if you will? Mm -hmm. And how can they validate it through the experience through whether it's their in-store or online, right? Because that's your brick and mortar. That's the way that someone's going to validate, oh, I met this guy, he told me about the service, I'm going to go check out his site, right? That's typical. So the conversation and the way you felt meeting this CEO, leader, person, team, company, or brand is going to be validated some way, somewhere online, socially, LinkedIn, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, doesn't matter where, Twitter, yeah. as basic as your website. So is the, is the feeling that they have when they walked away from talking to you and then going to see your website, is that is that in alignment? Yeah. Right. And then you look at service-based companies and this is how we discovered this process was really more of a communications foundation than actually as much as it guides brands. Right. Yeah. So it's really cool to see because then CEOs a couple of years ago started tapping me on the shoulder going, could you help align my sales team? Mm -hmm. And they would look at the proposal and go, what? And I'm like, listen, I'm going to pay for myself. Just relax. Yeah. They'll look at, take your eight people. Two are going to naturally self-select because they're not going to align and we're going to kick up what's going on with your A players and your B players are going to move up also. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, it works every single time. Not yeah. my lines, the result, right? So yeah. 
it's really fun to see where how the alignment happened because all we focus on here in this agency is really helping CEOs and leaders realize their vision, what yeah. their dreams, what are they really trying yeah. to do? Now, when you're not clear on that, we have some work to do. <laughs> if you really are clear on that, putting the rest of the five things that you need together or really get your brand cooking, I mean, it's just intentional, right? Core values, why, mission, vision, they live inside your why. Yeah. And story. What's that great thing? What's that great story? What's the great piece of that story that you're going to launch? Right? That's your internal yet external facing document. That's your first piece yeah. you can outside with. And then let me ask a little bit because you, you touched on something and I think it's an interesting and also oftentimes a very difficult discussion with folks is this whole, you know, you get this right and it serves as the ultimate both attractor and repellent <laughs> of people. And I find that, that, you know, some people, that's hard. It's hard to be that decisive. It's hard to kind of take that stand and really kind of swallow the idea that, no, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna be specific and dif- I don't know about differentiated. So I'm, I'm going to be specific enough about who I am and who I want to work with that some people are going to get turned off. And, and I always say, like, that's good. Like you want that. It's not easy for folks to do. No, there's a lot of unlearning to do. Yeah. It is painful. Like I said, it's simple. It's just not easy. Yeah. What's really amazing though is this little thing called the funnel, right? What happens when you, you know, put out a campaign and you get your typical requirement, you're hoping to get a thousand people knocking on your door. And then what do you have to do? You start sifting, right? Then you have to respond to all thousand, nope. identify their signs of urgency, they're willing to pay. Nope. The term, here I go, a little Karen Cop for you, a little obvious solution, <laughs> right? Start sifting yep. down the funnel all the way down to the end. And what are you left with? A couple of good warm leads, maybe a proposal or two. Yeah. And what's really cool is I say all the time, you know, flip the funnel, make a megaphone. I want to amplify one thing that some people are just going to love. They're going to get it, and then I can let them be the ambassadors, right? Let them go find, right? Let them let referrals really come into a play. But when you can be memorable and consistent with and concise with your communications, you can attract and repel. And to be honest, I don't want to attract so many without repelling. It's exhausting. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, it's it's inefficient. (laughs) I know, just to give you a really queer or I don't know, uncommon example. One of the things that we do for our clients was by accident. Somebody said, you know, I'm so excited. I got like 82 applications for this position in our company. And I looked at that person like 82. Are you crazy? I don't want to interview or respond to 82 people. Mm -hmm. Right. So we all have our little scorecards, right? Depending on what method or or tools we're using, right? So they start to sift them through. But I want to get it right out of the first time. I don't I want no more than a dozen people. And then I want to put them through, you know, they have to think about if they really want to be part of this culture. So you start testing for core values, skill you can train for. I'm not saying it's important. It's not important to put in the ad. I'm just saying put it at the bottom because Mm -hmm. if you're in the right category, so you're in the right skill set ballpark, you can't hire for fit. You just can't. So you have to interview for it. And that, uh, you know, that's how you start working back from, like I said, over the last couple of years, right? So this, the leader would say, hey, could you help me with my sales team? It's great. So I got a great website. I got a cranking sales team. Then what happens? Oh, customer service is not delivering exactly the same story in, in alignment with the sales team. Like, 
okay, let's go work with customer service. That's really normal for a marketing agency to do, right? <laughs> but it's really communication. So, yeah. of course, you know, you start writing playbooks and you start taking these unchanging core values because they're really rooted in strength. Um, and I say that a couple of times because there is a way to, to do these that are just, like, amazing. And there really are. It's not – they're not – they're prompted by visceral verbs, but they're rooted in strengths, which means they're rooted in data and a bit of psychology. When you do it right the first time, you know what happens, right? You never really have to do it again. Yeah. And, you know, in the last 11, 12 years now that we've been, is it really 12 years? Yeah. <laughs> um, 12 years we've been developing core values. They really are unchanging. Matter of fact, about a year or so ago, we went back to 10 companies that we worked with 10 years ago and started calling people that we haven't spoken to in a while and yeah. seeing you know, what was happening and what were they, was it on a shelf? Was it in a drawer? They're like, no, yeah. we're really seeing it. Matter of fact, and we got great stories. I partnered with this guy. I use it, you know, to hire people. I were, our culture is alive and well. We bought two other companies. They're all in alignment. It's like, it becomes a decision-making filter for everything that you do. Yeah. And internally it'll serve the people and externally it'll serve the client. Yeah. Well, and I like the way you phrase that, the whole idea of, you know, your, your values are a tool to make better decisions faster is always kind of this, this idea that I have is it's not, you know, it's not a, a feel good thing. You know, it's a it's a very practical decision making framework to be able to say, look, you know, we, we can go down path A, B or C. Well, based on our values, you know, it should help clarify that. And, and you know, we shouldn't have a whole lot of argument. You know, it shouldn't be, you know, a day debating it. You know, we should be able to say, well, it's pretty clear. It might not be easy, like you said. <laughs> like, it may be hard to go down that path, but it should be clear that that's the path we need to be going down if, if we are going to live our values, if we are going to stay true to our values. So uh, in the last couple of years, we don't take on a new client contract without doing a values test. Yeah. So what does that look like for you? I'm curious. Well, you know, I could put up my values, but you can't see them. Yeah. <laughs> you can go to my website. For you know, we really do. We live them out loud. They're on the wall. Everything we do, really, we don't start new programs or processes unless they're in alignment with our vision and our mission. And I mean, our values are an absolute filter every single thing we do, right? So for example, yeah. I could be on a pitch and this comes up a lot. Sometimes clients don't want to put in the work. They want you to weigh their magic wand as they call the printing princess to do. <laughs> and they say, just make me a great campaign and flood my stores or flood yeah, my yeah, yeah. I'm like, listen, let me explain something to you. We're going to thrive if you understand that my wand stays in a draw and we're engaged because really what we are are shirtless right? What we do is burden the goals that you have and we walk you bit by bit, step by step, but you have to engage with us. We won't thrive any other way. We will not wave our magic wand and all of a sudden, poof, out the other side comes this amazing campaign. Our clients really need to walk, you know, walk this path with us and we really burden, you know, we really take it personally. Yeah. So when the leadership team says, Hey, they want to hire us, we go back to the leadership team and say, this is awesome. Well, we don't usually get to a proposal stage. We actually do it. We do it before proposal stage because it saves a lot of time. But when, when we're having trouble with things, we go back to the values. When we're looking at new products or services or anything, we go right to our values. Yeah. Is this going to help us aspire higher? Are we going to be able to earn trust? Are we going to be tenacious about this? And are we process oriented? And what's really great about that is I can hand those values out to that team I have 
that I work with and love so much, and they do the same things that I do. And they are empowered to be tenacious. I might not like the decision every single time, but I love the outcome. And they're going to do it in their own way. So, yeah. you know, that's that's the trust, love, and respect that you have to have as a, you know, a family and a team. Yeah. Well, and I think it brings up an interesting one, which is, and I think it's one of the challenges that a lot of owners, uh, a lot of founders, a lot of owners have when when they you know begin to scale the company is they they struggle with letting go. You know, they they struggle with well, you know, I I know this better than anyone else, so I kind of have to do this piece, or I have to meet with this client, or I have to do this part of the sale, or I need to review, I need to do this creative work. You know, and you know, and that will. Uh, you know, keep them, you know, stuck at the level they're at unless they figure out how to let go of this up. And I think the values are actually a really interesting way to be able to do that, to be able to say, well, you know, yeah, there are lots of ways to kind of, you know, execute on this thing. There's a lot of processes that we could, I want to make sure that the outcome, you know, not only has quality, but is aligned. And by clarifying your values, you can actually ensure that the the final product, the the work going out the door, the communication with the client, that that conversation that you're in the meeting that you're not going to be in, you know, is still going to be on point. It's going to be on value by having that clarified above and beyond just a quality level, but a real, you know, what is the underlying message that's being delivered? And you can actually step back from that. And now you can begin to scale. Now you begin to start putting in people in place to scale sales, scale delivery, scale implementation. And I, I'm not sure people realize that. I think, you know, I, I still think a lot of people kind of look at the value stuff as being this kind of fluffy, you know, feel good things. And yeah, it's actually, it's a really important, practical, strategic decision-making tool. In more ways than you could ever imagine. <laughs> I, by the way, I am no different than any other CEO leader out there. I, yeah. I had trouble letting go. My yeah. team called BS on it all the time. But the truth of the matter is like, I'm human, right? I'm human and I want people, you know, to do things, of course, the way that I would like them to. But that's not, but that's not really true. It took me a really a long time to say, you know, I'm, I'm good in this quadrant, my highest and best use. And my job as a leader is to support and inspire the team around me to do their best work, to stay in their quadrants of their highest and best use. And it really does make a difference when you can consistently anchor back to those values, which, you know, and there's so many uses for them, even, you know, performance reviews, right? We actually call them scorecards and they're all based on values, looking at where each individual in the company is doing whatever seat on the bus they have, where they want to shuffle, what leadership pieces, you know, how do they aspire to lead, right? Coaching and leading, you have to have a lot of focused and intention to be able to take time instead of telling people how to do things, but to coach them into a way to encourage them to do it and to figure it out and to be patient enough to do that. And that's really learned over time, as you know, as you coach many great leaders and you watch them evolve. But having those anchored core values is just a game changer. Yeah. And yeah. it's amazing to say, to watch a team that has what I'll call key influencers, really people who lead with you, even though you might be the visionary and those values that you have and the values that they have become shared. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so we're really looking at company values as shared values, much more than core. People have core values. Organizations have values at their core, but they're shared. Yeah. So it's kind of really, it's kind of fun to give ownership to everyone. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Interesting way to look at it. Um, and how, so, so let's go back to um, how your kind of engagements look, how does the process work? I mean, I guess, where are you at this point in terms of, you know, helping companies through this process? What does it look like? Are you, are you, uh, you know, setting up offsite retreats with things? Are you going in and do investigative research? Do you meet with employees? Do you meet with customers? Like, what, is, what does the process actually look like? If someone's going to engage you to help answer these questions, help advance this, what, do, what would they expect? Or what should they expect? So, first of all, everybody always wants you to go off retreat and speak to a million people, <laughs> and they, but they want to do it really quickly. Yeah, by Tuesday. They don't want to pay the price tag for all the labor that goes into all of that stuff. And in truth, we really, you know, as a traditional, if you will, a traditional agency looking at a discovery process, which we did in the earlier years, and looking at what, what do you really need to start? Even if you're a really big global company, what do you really need to start? So these these five foundational elements were really key, right? The why, the mission, a clear mission, a clear vision, um, articulated shared values, and a story. And it's really very much about what people are coming to you for. So if someone is coming to me, they typically come to us to fix something larger. And it's funny because I'm really always tagged as this cross between a psychologist and a chiropractor. Because really what I have to do is I have to take the project, put, you know, I can't really pay attention to the brand per se because like it's on the wrong side of the P&L. They don't really want to invest in it in that way. So it kind of gets hidden a bit into the big project, the big uh, website, the trade show booth, whatever yeah. it is, whatever big campaign, a big or, of course, branding, which is the most holistic, mm-hmm. because then you really look at all of those elements. But if you're starting with a website, you still have to do the communications brand foundation before you can even understand you know, more elevated components of what you need. So we looked at a lot of discovery processes from a lot of very wonderful colleagues and competitors and realized, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with those five things. We're going to figure out what you're coming to us for. Sometimes it's just the brochure. Sometimes, you know, it's project driven. And then we'll get through as much of the process as we can and then get past that test and then dive in a little bit deep. But when we really look at it holistically, I'm going to say it's four to six weeks. I could have it done in four to six weeks. Now, I could do it on retreat in two days. You need more time to digest it. Yeah, exactly. You need more time to process it. Yeah. You need more time to pressure test it. So yeah. we really do this within, I would say four is aggressive, but six weeks, right? 28 days, you have to learn something. Four weeks yeah. is a little aggressive to yeah. adopt. Yeah. It's usually about three months to get from initial request to deliverable. And sometimes those deliveries are rolling all along. Yeah. And remember, we're dealing with visual and verbals, right? So the discovery process is broken into a couple of components. The visual side, where we get through all of the why discovery, get you into a draft, what we'll call a working draft, 80%, right? And perfection is the enemy of done. Mm-hmm. So 80% there on your why, your mission, your vision. And then really take some time to develop the, the values by yourself, with your team, depends on what the dynamics are. Usually within three to five meetings, which are never more than a couple of hours, we really, or we could do a day and a half intensive, mm-hmm. and get all the way through it, and then just start on the visual stuff, right? So the logo refresh, and then go right into whatever the deliverables are, the project. Could be for startups, it's usually like an investor donor deck and a very scaled back site. Uh, for more advanced companies, it's usually a brand overhaul mm-hmm. uh, or, or a larger project. Could be web, could be trade show. Those are typical 
typical large enga- larger engagements. Mm-hmm. They could take a couple, you know, three to six months, you know, depending on how complicated the website is. We, like, this is where like our printing history is to your advantage because we like everything done. You know, we yeah. want we want to keep it moving and keep momentum. Yeah, and well, work is great too because it's not your typical project manager, right? We have a strategy team. Yeah, you always feel like you're running a you're walking a three legged race, so you're always attached to people you know, and you're not working with a project manager who's completely disconnected from it. Um, and yeah. it's a bit anti agency because I. I never do anything like anybody else. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. And you know me long enough to know that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. And it is true. Oh, this is good. Um, Fred, this has been a pleasure. We're going to hit time here. If people want to find out more about you, about advantages, about the work that you do, what's the best way to get that information? I would definitely tell you to visit our website, advantages.net. And I would definitely tell you to kind of search me out on LinkedIn. I'm definitely kicking up some vocal you know, <laughs> nonverbal pieces. I yeah. am get, getting my pen and paper, if you will, or keyboard yeah. out and definitely much more vocal. I definitely search me out and see some of the stuff that I've written, some of my the opinions we have, some of the great award-winning work this team has put together. Uh, there's been some really amazing, very emotional, not surprising, campaigns mm-hmm. for some nonprofits. We run the gamut from Fortune 100 through local, small solopreneurs. It's really fun. Yeah. Challenging, yeah. but fun. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I will make sure the link is on the show notes so people can click through and, and get that information. Uh, thank you again so much. This has been a pleasure. I always enjoy our conversations. I always enjoy this topic. So this is really special. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I always love doing things with such a purpose-driven guy. <laughs> thank you. And I always look forward to keeping in touch. So we'll have you on again as you advance on things. I appreciate it. Great. Sounds fun. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.